Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Mark and Sarah talk about songs. Talk about songs. Talk about songs. Get out those backwards white baseball caps and those cargo shorts. It's episode 206 of Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs. I am your co-host, Sarah D. Bunting, and I am here with the fratastic. Not really. Mark Blankenship. Hi, Mark. Hi, I'm just over here drinking American light beer until I throw up. <laughs> With a no fat chicks shirt on. Um, <laughs> it's it's probably becoming clear that we're in for a Mark rage Mark, tell us more. Wind yourself up. Okay, so quite honestly, we just haven't had an episode in a while where I talked about a song that makes me angry. <laughs> Sometimes, as we discussed in last week's episode about the song No Children by the Mountain Goats, I just find the the white fire of of rage to be very purifying. (laughs) Um, I have selected today, Sarah, for us, the song Crash Into Me by Dave Matthews Band. I want to start with the good. I I I want to say one thing that is quite good. There is a scene in the movie Lady Bird, which is a perfect movie in which Saoirse Ronan and Beanie Feldstein are crying just hysterically over a boy while they listen to this song blasting at top volume. That moment is the single greatest thing in our culture that the Dave Matthews band has ever been involved in. (laughs) It's true. That thus ends the patience that I have for them. I will also acknowledge that many people in this world, including perhaps many of you who are listening to this episode, Love the Dave Matthews Band. I embrace and support you in that. That is your right. I cannot attend these concerts with you. And (laughs) if you were to try to make me listen to this in a moving car, I would rather take my chances rolling down the freeway than carry on. I'm just keeping it together. Now, let's listen to a clip of Crash Into Me. Sarah, I'm going to let you start. You could see my face. (laughs) Right now. Yeah, Yeah, what what would I see? (laughs) What you would see is, um, you know when uh, on the Muppet Show, when Kermit is like obliviously doing something that Miss Piggy is not happy about and she's like, slowly building up a head of hiya steam (laughs) while he's like not really paying attention and her Muppet face is just like folding in on itself like a fist that is going to punch Kermit that is occurring right now yes (laughs) in my office 
Um, this isn't even the Dave Matthews Band song I hate the most. Oh. And I'm still disgusted with its existence <laughs> and with us for giving it attention. Um, okay, here's the thing. I just don't I don't get it. Like, I don't like on its face, I don't hate it. And much of my um uh, like salty ire directed at the Dave Matthews band is like everything around the Dave Matthews band to which I've already referred in this episode. So I'll try not to belabor at the point, but it's just this like, I don't know. It just seems so generic and like, I'm sort of trying to watch the video without actually watching it because he's got this like poor man's Jeremy Piven smirk about how uh, and his fucking looks like Henley shirt. Oh, sorry. I'll try to rein it in. He yes. just like looks like he's about to roofie you and or someone else. And I just am not. And then like lyrically, this song is fucking he's a stalker. And I don't um, not that I think it's cute in like the police every breath you take. But like there is a way to. Um, get your arms around this idea of like out of control obsession um, that doesn't fold in this like thick um, it's like the whole thing is coated in this uh, um, fondant of self-regard that has no like it, it has no room for acknowledging that this is not okay um like that and the lyrics are just so like oh my god okay i think one of my few notes because my notes were just like me stabbing the piece of paper i don't understand the intensity of the fandom when his vocals are the watered down version of 20 other generic faux alternative bands that were hollering over dawson's b-roll um <laughs> smirky piven punchable face and then i wrote down a note from entertainment weekly's review of their first album quote formless laid back eclecticism tainted by smarmy inner awareness poetry i don't know who wrote that but whoever it is can get a goddamn nobel prize because i mean it is it's formless it's smarmy like the laid back eclecticism is so full of itself that it's about to burst and cover us all with, like you said, fucking Meister brow and corn dog bits. I just, I hate it. And I mostly hate it because it's not even that hateful. It's just like, a, it's like a 62. It's I like, think, this should be yeah. pitied. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. If this song, if the fucking Dave Matthews band had been avoidable in the 90s, maybe I wouldn't hate them so yeah. much because you're right that they're just not that good. They're just like generic. It's like it's like it's I can barely in a certain context. You're right. I can barely muster the energy to be angry. But every fucking person around me, including Laura, who sang our theme song today, my beloved Loved this band, and I was just like, 
what is going on? Yeah. Everybody like, was like, oh, God. I mean, and Hootie and the Blowfish was one thing that was like, I really felt like that was, you know, just a well, big radio conspiracy. And it was like, I don't get this either. But, but, okay. But Darius Rucker can fucking sing. Yeah. And Darius Rucker's voice is really great. And I bought the Hootie and the Blowfish tape. And I enjoyed it because his voice is so good. And like, yeah, it's like straight ahead, no frills rock music that Hootie and the Blowfish plays. But he can fucking sing. And they do not do any of the self-conscious canoodling that you get on every goddamn Dave Matthews Band song. Where it's like, oh, I have wrote a song that has a melody, but I also have to prove to you that I can pluck out three notes on a cello for 46 minutes and I even made, you'll think I'm really deep. It's just shut the fuck up, all well, of you. Also, we already have a blues traveler and they're overrated as it is. Yeah. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Except John Popper also can actually sing. Oh, and, yeah. No, I like Blues Traveler. I'm just saying. Yeah. Dave Matthews also, Band people are the kind of people who call it Blues Travelers and Barnes and Nobles. There's one noble. There's one traveler. <laughs> and and John Popper writes lyrics like you get in the song uh, Hook, where he's like, Suck it in, suck it in, suck it in. If you're in Tintin or Anne Boleyn, make it. And it's like I then begin to see what this MTV do. MTV is doing to me. It's so PC. It's killing me. So desperately, I'll sing to thee of love, sure, but also rage and hate and pain and fear of self. Okay, but like that's all like coherent shit. Meanwhile, and over the here hook is an actual legit hook. That harmony yeah, is hot. Like, I love that song. That, that song is great. It's like it's a perfect song that is actually implicating the listener in enjoying the soulless corporate rock that the artist has been required to make. Yeah. It's like fucking brilliant. We should talk about that song some other time. Yeah, we're, we we're talking about it now. Whatever. But the point is, meanwhile, so at least you get all that, right? So you're right. Like Hootie and the Blowfish, Blues Traveler, they're all part of it. But then what do you get with Dave Matthews Band? Hike up your skirt a little more and show your world to me. Which is a uh, lyric that, like, you, you. you know what? I'm going to show you my world. It is currently, um, I'm currently wearing a pussy hat on my fist, and I'm going to pop you in the nose with it. There you go. That's my world, you sanctimonious. Ugh. You know what? You're definitely someone who enjoys still talking about that bitch that broke up with you 15 years ago, and I don't need to hear about it, sir. And yes. I just. Uh, Crozier. It's just also like. The like you said too about um, the police at every breath you take, or there's a bare naked lady song. Another band that fits into this exact conversation. Oh yeah, that is a great song too. But uh, bare naked ladies has that song straw hat, straw hat, and old dirty Hank, which is about a an obsessed fan stalking a celebrity. And the lyrics there are very clever. And Stephen Page from that group is a brilliant singer. So it's like awesome. Meanwhile, here you get. This these stalkery lyrics, but they're wrapped up in this generic Starbucks at nine a.m. Yes, quote unquote pretty music, and so it is. It is. It is corporate romance that is actually about reducing a woman to what is between her legs. And I don't give. And then a you're good, supposed to feel sorry for the narrator. Yeah, like oh, I'm little boy's dream, and like. I don't give a good crispy damn that Dave Matthews has been on record saying that this song is about uh, someone who's stalking someone. The way that this song operates, it clearly is meant to be received as romantic, which is why 
the fucking girls in Lady Bird cry to it, you know? No no one every like no one receives this song as being um stalkery, even less than they receive every breath you take. And it's just like, you know what? It, it's just so gross and so fucking self-satisfied and I, I ugh. And, and like, then the video okay. is like everything about this in video form. Like Yes. There's the fucking like grainy shot. Yes. Um, like washed out people, like someone's rolling a hoop and then net, there's bubbles and he has a Caesar haircut, which doesn't really work because he's losing his hair. And, and then there's a guy who's like got a, a total creeper. Like, and there's a guy wearing a skirt made out of violins. Like, it's just, yeah. And then this album sold 7 million fucking copies. And I'm just like, what the... We're going to take a quick break from dissing the Dave Matthews Band to enjoy a pop chart astrology reading. Yes, that's what happens when I take a song that was number one on an important date in your life and then use it to extrapolate your destiny. And today's pop chart astrology reading goes out to Adrian. Adrian's wedding anniversary is on October 19th, 2009. And since we are dropping this very episode on October 19th, 2020, I want to wish Adrian and her husband, Michael, a very happy 11th anniversary. Now, interestingly, Adrian, as you told me, you actually kind of have two wedding anniversaries because you were sort of married on the 9th and sort of married on the 19th. It's not my story to share, but listeners, I will let you know that it involves officiants not being quite official, but the end result was still quite happy from what I can gather, and uh, everyone's still married, so, you know, great. Now, on October 19th, the number one song in our country in 2009, Adrian, was none other than three by Britney Spears. Um, a song about threesomes for a wedding anniversary. Why not? Before we talk about what that means for the destiny of your marriage, uh, let's listen to a little clip. Okay, Adrian, I want to stress again that the fact that you got married when a song about threesomes was number one does not mean that your marriage must involve threesomes to be successful. The charts are mysterious, and there are many ways to interpret them. Uh, However, if that's how you want to go, listen, live your life. I'm not here to give you any sort of judgments. It's up to you to interpret what I see in your chartological signs. And here's what that is. It's important to know that Three was the single that was attached to a Greatest Hits album for Britney Spears, uh, celebrating her 10th year in the music business. And it also came after she had fully re-emerged from that horrible career slump that we all remember that involved public breakdowns and what have you. So this song actually became her very first single ever to debut at number one. It was her third number one single overall, but it was her first to debut in the top spot, which fully 
fully cemented her return to chart prominence, and she kept that going for several more years after that. And I also think it's important to note that in the bridge of this song, you hear um, uh, uh, her saying to her partner, well, if you would rather just have two, just you and me, that's fine. So there really is a, a playful teasing flirtatiousness to this song that's uh, also about keeping an open line of communication. And I feel like that is probably where we're going to find the route to success in your marriage that this song is indicating, because it's possible. Well, come on, let's it's definite. Like all marriages, yours will go through ups and downs. Mine does. Everybody's does. But remember that if you just allow each other to say what's on your minds, even if it feels a little taboo, even if it feels a little dangerous, you'll probably get to a place where you're able to get to something you can celebrate. So you can get out of a Britney-style meltdown and get back to that number one chart debut if you just acknowledge that sometimes you need to talk about whatever the threesome is in your life. Like, what is the thing that maybe you feel like is a little taboo, but you want to make sure that you have space to say it. You want to make sure that your spouse has space to say it. Just let each other talk about it, and you'll be able to find a resolution that, like the bridge of this song, makes room for everyone to be happy. So that's what I would say. And Adrian, I hope you've enjoyed this chart reading. Listeners, if you would like a chart reading of your own, just shoot us an email at talkaboutsongs at gmail.com, and I will be happy to analyze any important date in your life based on the song that was number one. And now, back to Dave Matthews. The other thing is this. I also feel like this is music where it's like, oh, I have a feeling. And when I listen to this music, I have feelings. But it's like, no, you don't. You have the start of a feeling. And this is as deep as you're going to go. And you're going to fucking celebrate that this is as deep as you're going to go as though you're going really deep. And I'm like, you know what? Go fucking listen to Fiona Apple. Okay? There's a fucking feeling for you. This, this like, mall-level emotional depth. Like, this is the emotional depth of the last sip of an Orange Julius. Or listen to fucking Tiffany, who is already at that mall and actually works for a fucking living and can sing better than you. Yeah, I like, know. The, especially oh, when the feeling in question, the emotion is not an emotion. It's an erection. And yes. getting to mescent does not get like there are no rights and assigns to getting wood. That is so good. Okay, Sarah, you're fucking so right. Because take it, your lubriderm, get in the bathroom with a sweat sock, and handle your fucking business. We vagina <laughs> Americans don't fucking owe you anything. Fuck exactly. off. Exactly. And it's actually not beautiful that you are horny. And I feel like you should – we could send that <laughs> yeah, note. Thank you. We could send that note to so many poets, playwrights, novelists, like – your yeah. erection is not in itself poetic. There is nothing perforce artistically interesting about your boner. Like yeah. every everybody has them, dog. Guess yeah. what? The fact that you want to bang somebody who doesn't know that you exist, that's not beautiful. It's every it's fucking everyday that's life. Wednesday so, fucking morning. Get yeah, over like, it. Oh my one god. One of the reasons that maybe she doesn't want to talk to you is because you ask her to hike up her skirt a little more and show her world to you and don't fucking get over here and tell me that you're playing a character. I don't buy it for one fucking second. And that smirk. And also, it's not like he only uses that smirking little look in the video for the song about a stalker. That is his one fucking facial expression, resting asshole face. And Yeah. Uh, so seriously, I just I just like there, just, like there ugh. is a thing that I want to put on my dick, and I don't get to have it. That's not an emotion. 
No, exactly. Also, nobody cares. Like, you know what? People like you just take what you want anyway. I mean, whatever. Like, I'm not trying to impugn Dave Matthews and say that he's a rapist. He, he's not. As far I mean, as I know, is not. But, like, but here's like, the thing. That this was sort of cheerfully accepted as a romantic song of thwarted longing by a gazillion people. Like, and like you said, where the guy is the hero somehow. Yeah. Well, although I will say w- women of pop music, curtains, like get a tapestry, pin it over your window because this guy, Sting, the dude from the Gin Blossoms, they're all like across the street. In a vintage Mustang, because obviously, (laughs) like looking at you and fapping it up, like cover the window, you're not safe. And I just, this is actually now allowing me to make. Not to victim blame. But this, oh no, no, I, but this is a, this is the difference between this fucking song and Def Leppard's Pour Some Sugar on Me, which you might remember we both really liked. Okay, and like in the present tense, that is a song that is just like, yeah, I'm fucking horny and it's awesome. It's not I'm fucking horny and it's beautiful and painful and you deserve to feel sympathy for me. Like, and I deserve your sympathy because my horniness is as yet unfulfilled. Like, just be fucking horny. Like, if you're going to be, just don't try to convince me that there's something beautiful, mysterious and aching about your blue balls because there isn't. And, you know, it's not Dave Matthews' fault that the larger culture has been acting like he's right to write songs from this yeah, point of view. Yeah, that's, that's what I meant to say. Like, yeah. the, the, rece- the um, receipt of it as this, um, you know, beautiful art is not his fault. But he but, still made it, and it's still obnoxious. And we can't unlive in the culture that turned this song and this band into a huge success. I it would be dishonest to pretend that we're not being affected by the the sleazy narrative that embraced him because it was the thing that's so fucking frustrating too well it was for me at the time it the, the there there seemed to be a a lot of the types of guys who were like i'm a nice guy and i love to be a nice guy but actually i'm also a fucking misogynist but yeah. it's like the performance of nice guyness was just a shroud for their bone deep misogyny. And I felt like I saw that and their homophobia PS, because I went to college yep. in this era and it was always the fucking Dave Matthews guys that would be the first fucking one to call you a faggot and like, but laughing at it when you're all on the field um, for an event at your college, by the way, I'm speaking of course from the honest experience that I had, but mm. you know, like you're out on, you're out on the fucking field where they're doing an outdoor concert and like, all of the dudes in their fucking polo shirts and their brown khaki shorts and their backwards hats, like you said, they're like, they're like, love to talk. They love, they're like, they, I take a poetry class, man. But it's like, you know what? You didn't fucking listen or you only listened to like fucking, I don't even know, Ted Hughes. But the point is, it's like this, this is music that allows people to paint themselves. Ted with a Hughes petite- shade. That's the best. Hashtag masses. But this is the type of music and and cultural narrative that allows someone to paint over their misogyny and homophobia with this patina of sensitivity and yearning. But I must continue until I can no longer speak to call bullshit. (sighs) Yeah. 
same. It's also it is interesting though to think about the fact that meanwhile I really like bare naked ladies, um, like a lot. I really like bare naked ladies. Um, I really and they have, have a enjoyed... couple of songs about stalking and domestic violence and that kind of thing that are tonally appropriate and make it yes. clear that the narrator is not to be sympathized with or embodied. yes at all. And 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 then I also really do love quite a few blues traveler songs. Well, I love the three singles. Let's be honest; I don't really know any others. But uh, "Run Around," "Hook," and "The Mountains Went Again," great. "Hooting the Blowfish," great. "Hold My Hand," let's listen to it now. So it's not like this type of music is is the thing that I'm rebelling against. I know we've already said this, but I just feel like I have to reiterate: it's this type of music in this way. It's like every every good type of music has the ability to go pear-shaped. See our Jewel episode. Um, and this is just like the curdled, nasty, grody iteration of um, bar band music. Yeah. And just this like fratty, I mean, a big part of the problem is this like culture that sprung up around it and sort of was like, this is this, you know, C plus at best, um, to like generic, but it's like a, it's like a radish. A radish doesn't seem to have much taste, but there's that like bitter peppery top note that like long after you've made the mistake of forgetting that you don't like radishes and eaten one from the crudités, it just right. lingers at the top of the soft palate and casts a pall over everything that you eat after that just my opinion big radish don't at me <laughs> it's like sometimes a thing that seems innocuous is actually like deceptively harmful because it's promoting this attitude of it just promotes this idea of like uh, i don't know it's pr it's presumptuous and yes there's this like boner privilege happening that's like, uh, you know, to get anyone, and especially here in 2020, like it's particularly frustrating that, you know, all of these fucking fratty boom baddie weasels probably grew up to vote for Trump and to get that kind of person to unpack the assumptions that they make about what they deserve it, like this kind of art doesn't help. Yeah. And I do feel like now I do want to say again, I, you liking Dave Matthews band does not perforce make you a horrible person. Um, <laughs> like, and I just want, if you were listening to this and you love this music and you have connected to it deeply and you have loved it for a long time, or you've just started loving it. Great. Fine. Or you like love it with your eyes open and you understand that there's a lot of shit that, you you have to kind of do like great boulder of salt with it. Like we understand you discerning listener. Uh, we are like, not coming for you, but this is the context in which I, and I think you, Sarah have just always heard this music. Yeah. And reacted away from it basically with a, now it's interesting that you mentioned this is not your least favorite of their songs. What would you say is your least favorite? Dave what Matthews would song? you say is my least oh. favorite? That was the one. It's like that, a, yeah, that was their first hit. And that was the one where people were like, don't you want to hear more? And I'm like, no. Why? 
I would like rather someone never fired again. a t-shirt gun package of tiny needles into my ear canal. No. Like, please never again. Yeah, fuck off is what I would say. Thanks for asking. <laughs> and <laughs> shut oh up, my God. And. <laughs> That's exactly right. Well, <laughs> I do feel cleansed, I have to say. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I I feel better also, and I feel better articulating both what makes me uneasy and outright angry about this song and how I feel about everyone else who does love the song, which is as long as we all understand what's actually happening here, go with God. Enjoy it. Yeah. I'm not trying to you know, be the scold who's like, you're not allowed to like stuff. Like I listen to James Brown. I'm not better than anyone. But if you listen to this and you're like, it's so sad because he's not getting laid. Yeah. Then you need to check your shit. That's all. Similarly, I understand that there are a lot of reasons that Iggy Azalea is problematic, but I still love the song Fancy. I understand. I understand what's wrong there. But I also still like that song. So we're, we're none of this. We're all adults and we can hold a bunch of different conflicting concepts in our heads, much like under pressure that we talked about in the last episode. Yes. And that's fine. But if you have a dirty white backwards terps hat on and you're like, you know, <laughs> fuck you, feminazi, like, no, fuck you. My guess is that. And if also, that how'd is, you find our show? That's I was say, really my guess is that, for us. If that is you, you probably aren't listening to this show. Um, so yeah, you're listening <laughs> to fucking Joe Rogan. Enjoy. <laughs> but um, yeah, Sarah, I will say this: I never feel anything close to rage when we are able to work through these things together. And um, you can crash into me with your insights. Anytime you'd like. And what would I say about that? I'd say thanks. Crozier. Jesus Christ. I can see. I can make a perfect likeness of your body if I trace I can hold you till you turn out the light Y'all, Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs is hosted by Mark Blankenship, a.k.a. me, and Sarah D. Bunting. And it's edited by Sarah D. Bunting as well. Do you want to talk to Mark and Sarah about song requests, ads, or birthday readings? Email us at talkaboutsongs at gmail.com, tweet us at TalkSongs, or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash mastus.podcast. To become a supporter and producer of this podcast, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash mastus, where you can get access to all kinds of cool bonus content and vote in our ranking episodes. Thanks for listening. I'm putting my hands around your neck. Putting my hands around your neck. I'm putting my hands around your neck. I regret every time I raise my voice, and it wouldn't be that right of me to say I had no choice. Mark and Sarah.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.